The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show, everyone. Great to start the week off with you here. Hope you had a good weekend. I don't know what constitutes a good weekend these days, but whatever that is, I hope you had one of those. We have a show that is going to touch, you know, as we say in the opening, the normal, the abnormal, and the paranormal. We're going to be talking about the normal and definitely the paranormal and probably some abnormal in there. We've got two guests. In the first part of our program, we've got uh, Paul Preston joining us. Paul is the uh, leader of and founder of a movement to split California into two states. This will be an interesting discussion because it's not only about California, which specifically it is, but it has national implications as well. And one of the reasons this particular topic has uh, created an interest in me is that New York State has been uh, suffering some similar um, movements. And that is the dichotomy of a very urban area, as in New York City is, and then the rest of the state, which is very, very rural, like where I am in Cooperstown, New York. We have 1,000 people in this village in one stoplight. And the next closest, quote-unquote, city is 30 miles away, and that has 10,000 people. Uh, We're very rural up here. But New York City dominates our politics. And the same situation is happening in California. You've got a few urban areas that are dominating the politics for the other, I guess, 80% or so of the geography of California. So it'll be an interesting conversation because not only will it affect, you know, as I said, the states that we're going to be talking about, specifically California, and I'm going to talk about New York a little bit. But if a movement like this were to succeed, it changes things in Washington as well. That'll be the first segment of the show. And then after that, we've got Denise Marie, a returning guest to the program. Denise is a psychic medium. We're going to talk about what she's been up to, her work. She's also a painter uh, of uh, what she calls angel paintings. And we will have to see what those angel paintings are uh, significant for. But they're really kind of cool. If you go to her website, they, they're actually kind of neat. I'd like to have one of those. Um, and I know people can buy them. So she'll talk about all of that. And we're glad to have her back on the show. Uh, welcome to all the new folks. Good to see you joining us. If you're a podcast listener and you're checking us out live, thank you for doing that. We love having folks participate in the live program, but we also love having folks listen to the podcast version of the show. Regardless of how you're listening, please subscribe and support the program any way you can. We appreciate that. If you're looking for us on YouTube or our chat channel, Our chat uh, room is, you just have to search for J.V. Johnson on YouTube. It should pop up pretty easily. And then also, if you're searching for the podcast version of the show, it's on all major podcast distribution platforms. And if you search for Beyond Reality Paranormal, you'll find the podcast version of the show. So thank you for doing all of that. Let's go to break now. Let's get our guests on the phone. We'll get uh, Paul Preston for our first segment talking about uh, the new state in California. He's also the host of a, uh, a radio program called Agenda 21 Radio. And then Denise Marie will join us in a little bit. It's Beyond Reality, and we will be right back. Don't go away. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Joha. That's J-O-H-A-W. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. 
All right, welcome back to the show. It's Beyond Reality. I'm your host, JV. Thank you so much for being with me tonight. We've got a conversation that is not only very appropriate given given our current political climate, and you know we aren't entirely a political show here. I keep saying we we keep the politics out of most of our discussions here, but every once in a while an issue crosses my attention that I think is worthy of talking about, and uh, sometimes they're political in nature. This one happens to be. Tonight, our first guest is Paul Preston. He's the founder and president of the Movement for a New California State. California, of course, the biggest state in the uh, union. Uh, Paul is also the host of Red State Talk Radio's Agenda 21 Radio. Paul, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's great to have you on with us tonight. Hey, well, thanks for having me on. It's wonderful to be here. So before we get into the the nuts and bolts of all this, um, tell me where it stands. Uh, Judging by the website that I have seen, which is NewCaliforniaState.com, it seems like you've got some uh, wind at your backs here. There's some progress being made. But ultimately, in the effort to create another state out of California, divided into two states, where does that effort stand? Well, right now, um, we're standing very, very strong, and it looks very, very good for us. Um, We've been at this really in earnest for about the last four or five years. Uh, we started this whole thing off back in 2016, um, in the early part of 2016. It's just kind of gotten crazy now. Uh, we've got 56 counties in, of California that are actively involved with the 58. And um, we've uh, actually created a government. We declared independence. And we've uh, had uh, seven constitutional conventions. We're coming up to an eighth one. And uh, we're going to be finalizing our constitution. They're gonna, we're going to take with us as we go into Congress. And we're working actually with several state legislators here in California to make sure that that happens. So we're progressing. This is a, this is real. It's happening. It's not a make believe or anything like that. It's the first time in American history since 1861 that a state has used the Article Four, Section Three state split process to form a new state. And we're well on our way right now. Well on our way, and we're pretty excited. I haven't asked you yet why, but I have a lot of sympathy for what I think will be the answer <laughs> why, because I'm in upstate New York, and there has been talk uh, about uh, upstate New York residents trying to do this exact same thing to em- emancipate ourselves from the control of New York City, because we're two very different worlds. So I have right. I have a great deal of empathy for what you're doing here. And it sounds to me like you've made a lot of progress, but, I, but I'm just uncertain as to how that progress plays out. But let's talk about the reasons why. Clearly you saw, and many others saw, a need and a reason to go down this route. How did that start? Well, it started with me. I was in education uh, for 41 years from a custodian to a superintendent. I saw all the changes and radical changes towards socialism in California schools, really starting in earnest in the 1990s when the Chinese really started to become very influential in California. And ultimately, of course, California has been dominated by the Chinese at this point in time from, from not only in the education system, but all throughout business and all throughout government. And, uh, you know, of course, now it's spilled out into the national scene, as people have seen. But um, we saw this whole trend coming uh, really in earnest in the mid-'90s. And I started getting really concerned as a school administrator. I was a principal at the time of a adult education program, an alternative program. I had actually six different schools under me. And um, I was realizing that uh, we were losing generations of kids based upon the more socialist uh, agenda in the education system, and that was ultimately going to have a huge effect upon California's economy and everything else. 
I also saw deep corruption that was going on in the California public education system, which has manifested itself today. Um, and, of course, um, the the socialist agenda that has come in with Common Core, which the state recognizes one of its uh, curriculum, um, and, of course, it's, it's all around nationally, has really destroyed a very good education system. So having destroyed the education system, you knew the political and the business systems were all going to start to collapse. And currently today, California has a hundred, and listen to this, about a hundred and forty billion dollar cash flow deficit problem. And it's a huge problem because California has not declared bankruptcy because states can't do that. But in assess in essence, the California state has completely failed now. It does not educate kids. There is no public education going on in California. They say there is. They use it as uh, some weak excuses, but, you know, you can't fool me. I was in the system 41 years. It's not. The system is closed, and they're, they're deliberately closing the system to save money for the state at the expense of uh, brutalizing our kids, and, and we're going to lose another generation of, of kids because of the public education system being closed. So um, we've seen the businesses flee California in droves because the Constitution in California has been changed over six, 600 times um, since uh, 1879. So that it basically every election that comes up, even if it's a you know a called election 30 days in advance, they'll run one of these uh, re- propositions to try and change the Constitution. It's um, it's basically a flimsy piece of paper that means nothing at this time. So. When you have that kind of collapse going on, you have a bureaucracy that's established. It's uh, it's the, the bureau the bureaucrats run everything. They can tax you, they can fee you, they can fine you, they can arrest you. Um, and there's really to take a look at what we have right now. We have a dictator in charge. The legislature is non-existence, and the judiciary is always swinging with the with the with the with the dictator, the governor, Gavin Newsom. So we are a failed state, and uh, we just said, look at. We can't have this happen because if we continue to go down this road, we're going to soon have a revolution or a civil war. And that was really one of our main reasons. We saw this years ago and said, we got to stop this and derail this, I, I call it the crazy train, um, into totalitarianism. And unfortunately, we're well beyond in the totalitarian phase with the COVID virus. I think they played that card uh, according to what's going on in California. That's my personal opinion. They played it nationally, and look what they've done to our economy now nationally. So this is a totalitarian takeover. Gavin Newsom is basically the guy in charge of everything that goes on in the state. We're standing up against it. We're just we're just using our, the Constitution that the founding fathers wanted us to do, and then we will destroy his hopes of uh, creating a totalitarian state that uh, basically uh, takes both knees to China. You know, China runs the state. You know, right now currently. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna stand up against that, and we're making progress because the people of California that are left, the ones we've asked to stand their ground, have uh, done an outstanding job in starting to really rally behind the new California state movement, and uh, it's making a big big difference. And we we do expect to be a state within a year. That um, I know we have the Biden problem and all that stuff, but the, you know the problem they have is that forming a state does not involve the executive branch. It only involves the legislature's concerns. So we look forward to becoming a new state pretty soon. Yeah, we're going to go through the process uh, in just a moment. But, man, you said a whole bunch of things there. Um, Let's start with education. 
you you cite you cite education as being a major uh, problem and a major factor in this movement. Are you saying that education has failed us because it has failed to, or it actually has been actively teaching socialism in our schools? So therefore, uh, as children come out of schools, they are coming out not able to understand what it is to be a traditional American, that kind of thing. Or are you saying something else about education? I'm not quite sure. Well, I'm saying really all the above, and basically we have a socialist, communist-style government or uh, economic system now, where you're taxing everybody and taking all their wealth and taking everything else, which is one of the roads to communism. Um, and of course, in education, it's basically the socialist agenda in terms of education through Common Core. Yeah. And of course, this is being deliberately done. Our kids are being deliberately propagandized. You know, our kids don't know what we used to know 20 years ago. That's just one of the things I was standing strong against as an administrator 20 years ago, 30 years ago now, <laughs> not just 20. <laughs> um, but uh, standing against this, that they were stripping out of the curriculum, and especially the history and civics curriculums, anything that's related to the Constitution, yeah. anything related to our history, and now look what you got. Then, of course, this is spread nationwide from California, and other states picked up on it, and and uh, we started then trying to modify and change with charter schools. Uh, and I opened up two charter schools. I know how that racket goes. But uh, you have to basically get back to those basics that we've all forgotten because we are in a, a nation in stress. And when a nation is in stress like anybody else, you, usually most people will turn to the Bible. Uh, well, we turn to our Bible as a nation. That's the Constitution. What does the Constitution tell us? to do in these kind of uh, points in time. And the first thing we have to do is uh, pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and say we're Americans again, and uh, start to make some changes. And one of the big ways to make that is, like in our situation, when the state has failed, the Founding Fathers knew that there would be moments like this, so they put in that clause, Article 4, Section 3, the the New States Clause, to sort of be a, a pressure relief valve on the whole Union. And so that one state wouldn't collapse, and then the rest of the states would collapse as as a part of the union and turn into a democracy rather than stay with the republic. Let's talk about this process. Um, how does it start, and how does it ultimately uh, result in a 51st state? Well, it starts uh, when a group of people get together and a group of people want to uh, form a new state. They recognize there's a problem. I, I guess we're just sort of the classic. We recognize that there's a problem. How do we solve the problem? What are our options? And, you know, because, you know, when you take a look at government, especially California, it's the largest government in the state outside the United States. And it has the largest number of people in it. And uh, what, I think we're third largest in landmass. But we're quite blessed with natural resources, our minerals, our gold, um, the, the farming, water, all these things we're, we're quite blessed with. So how do you take on a monolithic state. Well, you have to take it on through the Constitution, which is the Constitution of California is the agreement that it has with the federal government and its Constitution. Every state is that way. Every state has uh, been bound to these agreements with one another. And California went into an agreement with the federal government when an exception to the Article 4, Section 3 rule was had by California in the midst of the 1850 Compromise and California actually became a state based upon a bill, a bill that was presented by Millard Fillmore, the president at the time. 
And uh, this this is quite controversial in the sense it's different than what happened with uh, West Virginia when West Virginia came in in 1861. But they followed the real process. But in California's case, they didn't. And what happened was is that California had declared its own independence, believe it or not, back in 1836 at the same time Texas did. And, of course, Texas was having a big battle with uh, the Mexicans at the time and uh, ultimately in the Battle of San Jacinto fought, uh, uh, caused the Mexicans to pull back. We in California at that time, the Californios declared independence later that year in November, and the Cal- the Mexicans wanted no part of a war, so they negotiated with the Californians, and they became an autonomous state, not completely separated from Mexico, but they gave them complete autonomy to govern themselves. From 1846, there was a, a, an agreement that was reached to separate from Mexico in 1846, but then 1848, some things happened. California was a protectorate. It was not a territory of the United States. It did not have 65,000 people in order to become a territory, so it just sat there sort of languishing. But then all of a sudden, gold was found in then Dollar Hills. Right, right. (laughs) And that changed the dynamic completely. So people said, we need to put this place in the United States and make a state out of it. And that created quite a controversy for the South because the South wanted to make um, California a slave state. And then that, that whole bit thing went on for a couple of years. Finally, in the midst of uh, some controversial incidents going on within the Union, uh, Miller Fillmore reached out for a compromise and presented as a, basically the, the John C. Fremont and others were requesting that there a bill be presented by the president to make California a state. And um, everybody saw the the reality check there because it was about to bring tons and tons and tons of gold into, into the United States Treasury, which it did. Um, before California came in, the United States Treasury had 15 tons of gold. And in the first year, they had 100 tons of gold after statehood. So they wow. saw the rationale behind that. <laughs> so um, California has been brought in as a proper uh, state. Uh, sort of improperly done based upon the Constitution, we're doing a different um, issue here. But people have to get together and say, look, there's a reason for this. The, the problems that we have, what is it? Can we fix it constitutionally? And yes, the Constitution and the original interpretation does give you that out. And that's Article 4, Section 3. And of course, our responses to what are your problems and concerns, that goes to Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, which says, that we want a demand, we demand a Republican form of government. And uh, one of the things that we do in California is what we've done in New California is followed what the, basically the Founding Fathers did. The Founding Fathers created the first Declaration of Independence ever known to mankind and, uh, in 1776. In fact, the word independence hadn't even been invented, listen to this, until... 1661. So this was the very first time the word independence was used to apply to a new nation or on a broad brush on the world scene. So the Declaration of Independence was issued, and then in the Declaration of Independence, it's basically saying to the king, we're out of here, we're going to form our own country. Right. And then they grieve it, and they list the grievances as to what you know the reasons are. Mm-hmm. And what we did in New California is we followed that pattern. We declared independence January 15, 2018, and we changed it up a little bit because we did not want it just to be an event go away for one day. We wanted to make sure everybody understood clearly why 
we are leaving the state of California to form New California. Mm-hmm. So we've been saying grievances, which are basically our complaints and our right to do this, because it's a grievance, of course, is issued um, based upon a complaint or belief system that you're being wronged by the government or any other entity. And so we've issued already um, 134 grievances. In fact, I'm gonna, when I get done with the interview, I'll be writing the number 135th grievance, which will go out tomorrow. We read these grievances at 11 o'clock every Tuesday from each courthouse of each county that's participating. So we have about 36 of the 56 counties that regularly go out and read these grievances publicly in the public square. It's uh, becoming quite popular, actually, to do this, to be with us. And uh, so we, we do this uh, to keep the um, notion of the Declaration of Independence as a process, not as an event. And uh, this is our way to communicate with the rest of the world that, you know, yes, we're here and we still have weekly complaints about the, the state. Um, you know, we've, we've asked, we've called for the arrest of the governor because he's a dictator. We've done some pretty amazing things with our words. And it's all written, and uh, basically it's written that the Bounty Fathers would be proud of us to, to write <laughs> as real complaints, real concerns of, of citizens living in uh, California that want to form New California. Okay, so again, let's talk about the process here. Um, you have listed grievances, you've declared independence, but there's... And we form county committees, that's another important thing. And Every county has a committee. A committee of what? An independence committee? Yeah, well, a, a committee of concerned citizens for their county. Okay. And uh, these people are concerned with bringing in new people to New California, to monitoring what is going on in the governance system of their current county. And what we do when we monitor, we're gathering information about how not to govern that way. Because, you see, in the Founding Fathers uh, Declaration, the same area, the article that they wrote, Article 4, Section 3 of the Constitution, it says it says this, and I'm paraphrasing here a little bit. It says that um, if you want to form a new state from a pre-existing state, then you have to work with the legislature. Yeah, I was, I, was, I, was, I was actually going to ask you about that because it says no state can be formed uh, from within the jurisdiction of any other state without the consent of the legislature of that state. As well as That's Congress, correct. so you're the, the 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 California state legislature legislature would have to agree to this, right? That's correct. Uh, and hang on to the word legislature because it, there's three branches of government: there's executive, mm-hmm. there's legislature, and there's judiciary. Right. And nowhere does it say that you work with the leg, the executive or the judiciary, does it? No, it just says legislature. And nowhere does it say you work with your county or local officials, does it? Right. And the reason for that is because the Founding Fathers knew that if it got to a point where a state was going to form from another state in a hostile fashion, that everybody, top to bottom, would be corrupted, except for those that you need to put pressure on to be responsive to you, and those are the legislators that are supposed to be the first line of communication with your government. And so there's a lot of pressure on our legislators right now that's coming down from New California, and there's going to be a lot more uh, because we have timed this thing so exquisitely. But I'll give you an example of how it worked with Tim Draper when he came out with the three-state solution. Oh, shockingly, about the same time we declared independence, I might add. <laughs> he got it on the ballot, actually. He, he went to the 
uh, to the uh, Secretary of State, and he went out and drew papers. He went out and got signatures, and shockingly, within two weeks after we declared independence, living off of our buzz, he collects almost a million signatures. Well, he turns it in. He gets on the ballot. And shockingly, about a month before the vote in June of that year, 2018, um, I get notified by the California State Supreme Court that his his uh, ballot initiative was thrown out, six to zero decision by a conservative, radically, excuse me, a radically leftist uh, court. Mm-hmm. They threw it out because it did not comply with Article Four, Section Three of the Constitution. But he was trying to work with the executive and not the legislative. And uh, the Jefferson movement tried to do it with the courts, and they were thrown out also. We're the only one left standing out of over 220 attempts to split California since 1850. And we're moving forward. And people are going, oh, my God, we can't believe this. But we have to work with the legislature concerns, similar to how the president was making the attempt to work with the legislatures because they're concerned with voting. So the first hurdle is to get approval from the California state legislature, right? That's correct. Then, uh, and, and you think your chances are obviously good that you can do that? We think they're excellent to do that. And you think it's going to be this year? I do. And then after that happened, let's assume that you get that approval. Then it has to go to the the Congress of the United States. That's correct. And what do you think the the chances are that the Congress will um, support this effort? I mean, I you've think got it's about a hundred percent. I mean, here, here's here, here's my thought, and you tell me where I'm right or wrong. We only have a few more minutes um, uh, for you on the show, so we probably have to going to have you have to have you come back to talk more about this. But absolutely, obviously, the the just like the lead up to the Civil War, the concern was all about the Senate and the the I think it was the Missouri Compromise, if I remember correctly. The Missouri Compromise said if you admitted a a, a free state, you had to admit a slave state. Keep the balance in the Senate. Now, the Democrats control the Senate right now, and they would recognize that a new state, a new California, would most likely be a conservative Republican state, therefore two more Republican senators. Do you think the uh, Congress of the United States is going to let that happen at this point right now? I think that, uh, well, this is this is the, you know, that's a uh, this is a sixty five thousand dollar question. Uh, what you know is going to be happening with you know the current situation in Congress that way? Yeah, um, I believe that what they'll do is they'll bring in Puerto Rico. They're not going to bring in uh, DC because that that would that would have to be you'd have to change the entire constitution to do that. So that's not going to happen. Um, and I I just it's not going to happen because it can't constitutionally. But the other the one that's waiting in the wings for them to do, of course, would be Puerto Rico. That right. would be the most adequate right there to, to come in under. So you um, think they'll, they'll take authority. the same approach as was taken in the lead up again to the Civil War? Well, they'll 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 be okay with a new California as long as they can bring in Puerto Rico. So you've got basically two more Republican senators and two more Democrat senators. Absolutely, but the other part of it is California, whereas Puerto Rico does not offer an economy. California will offer New California will offer a booming economy. Yeah. Um, very similar to what was happening in 1850, why they were brought in, you know, the um, the old California because of the gold rush. You know, we have a we're, we have a pent up need and demand out here for a booming economy, and people are chomping at the bit to get things going. 
Right. And we know that our economy out here will skyrocket and will become a great benefit to the rest of the nation. Talk you to know, me. The rest of the nation does not want to pay off California's no. $140 billion no, debt. No, no. And, 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 re- and recently we had something out of the new administration, and I don't remember the exact quote, that said something like, uh, you know, um, can't remember the exact quote. Maybe you do, but it was holding up California as the model of how the nation will be. And most yeah, of us, most of us outside of California, look at how how California is being run right now, and that's the last thing we want. So that's um, exactly right. I, I need to ask you about the geography of all of this because we haven't had a chance to to mention that, and we don't have a lot of time left. Talk about the geography of how this would split. Well, the state's going to split based upon demographics. And if you go to where people live in the urbanized areas of California, it's 20 million people. And then you go, wait a minute, what about the... Re-? And you look at the, the large expanse, 90% of the state, which is rural, by the way, it's 40 million or 20 million also. So it didn't take us too long to figure out that that's the split. So we're splitting the state based upon um, L.A. standing alone in its basin, with its population, San Francisco and Sacramento, that border there, and it equals about 20 million people. The rest of the state's about 20 million people. So we'll have urbanized parts of Orange County and San Diego County and part of Long Beach as well. Long Beach Port will go with us. So but, will, um, will they be little islands that'll make up uh, the old California? That's absolutely correct. There'll be little islands that will make up old California. Interesting. Um, with 20 million people in the islands. Tell us about uh, the timetable here. You said you think it'll happen this year. Uh, give us an idea of how this will play out on the calendar. Well, it depends. Uh, there's a lot of things in dependence on this because of the economy and things like that. Um, but we can go as early as March of this year, believe it or not, or by the end of next this year, uh, by October, November. Um, a lot of people are predicting October. Uh, if certain things fly right in the right direction, it could be as early as March to April this year because of the financial collapse of California, which is that's going to drive everything. They're going to realize we can rush in and we can restructure. We've already been talking to people on Wall Street, and and they're chomping at the bit too to see this sort of thing happen because you know there's a lot of money that the state, the United States, and you guys in New York and every place else are going to have to. Uh, pony up to bail California out. And that's yeah. wrong. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, that is absolutely wrong. And we will offer a free market economy that will not allow that to happen. And we'll pay off that. We will make sure the debt is paid off by California. And California will have to change its ways. There's no question about it. It has to have a new constitution and things like that. When you, if, if you get the approval of the state legislature to move forward with this and it has to go to the U.S. Congress, are they forced, are they obligated to consider the issue? Can they put it on their own timetable? No, they are obligated to put it on to put it on the table. They are. Yeah, they just can't stall it, and they won't. They won't want to because of the economic need for us to be in existence. Paul, I Paul, I, this seems to have come a long way. You've done a, a tremendous amount of work. You seem to have a lot of support. Uh, you've got your ducks in a row, from what I can tell. But I've heard nothing of this on the national stage. Why is that? Um, well, because um, we needed to get our legs underneath us before they start coming after us. And we've already, we, trust me, over the last five years, we've had our uh, palace intrigues of people that have been trying to turn overturn us. And you'd be surprised to connect the dots are to this. And someday when I write a book of memoirs, I'll, you'll find out who the globalist powers that have been that have been trying to stop us. Wow. And well, it's pretty amazing. We're fighting a similar battle to Donald Trump. Mm. 
Well, like I said, there's a lot more to talk about here. I hope you'll agree to come back when we have a little bit more time um, and certainly keep, keep us up to date as to how you know your progress is being made or not being made either way. And if people have an interest in learning more about this, finding out more about it, maybe supporting in whatever way you uh, take support, yes. uh, how would they do that? Well, they go to newcaliforniastate.com. That's newcaliforniastate.com. But we also have a sister site, ncs51.com. And, uh, you know, the uh, we're on Twitch and we're on Facebook and we're on, I, I guess, uh, as of today, I found out we're not on Twitter. Oh, you got to do platform, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, well, anybody who has a conservative there. slant but, is facing that one. That's crazy, but yeah. yeah. exactly. But, uh, you know, anyway, they can get in touch with us there. We have a couple of lawsuits. One, we're in the Supreme Court, first state, to be, uh, non-state, new state to be recognized with a case. We signed up Texas as an amicus to that. And we're also suing Gavin Newsom. Um, in our lawsuit against him because of his dictatorial style. Yeah. And this is the big bomb that we're dropping. This this lawsuit could lead to the loss of all 55 electoral votes in the last election. Oh, wow. And and they are worried about it. I can tell you they well, it's are too worried late. It's too, it won't. It wouldn't have a practical effect, would it? I mean, at this point, that doesn't have a practical effect. Um, it could very much have a practical effect, certainly on the down-ballot issues. There would be a re-vote. Oh. We're asking that there's going to be a revote in California for the for the House of Representatives. I see. That's a big one. We have 53 members of the House of Representatives, and almost every one of them is a result of a corruption because we all use Dominion out here, right? Right, right. Um, final question, because uh, this is uh, in the news quite often, this recall effort for Gavin Newsom. How, where does that stand? Well, the recall effort is uh, very misguided, in my opinion, although it's, it's, it's caught a lot of steam, and they're now taking money and donations and so on. Uh, the donations are actually going to go to the California Republican Party. We don't want to be fooled by that. Uh, they're broke as a joke, and all of a sudden they've got an issue. Uh, recalling the governor will change nothing in California. This is like mm-hmm. what happened to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Um, they got a, they, he was sold as a conservative, and he was a socialist. And um, that's what basically is happening here. All the players that put Arnold Schwarzenegger in power are behind the recall effort. And um, (laughs) will it succeed? It could. And will it uh, cause any change in California? It will not, because they will not change the California Constitution. Yeah. All right, Paul. Hey, i got to run. I've got another guest I have to get on here. But thank you so much for joining me tonight. Like I said, I'll have my producer reach out, and we'll get you back on when we have a little more time. Absolutely. Thank you very much, and good luck. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, psychic medium Denise Marie will join us again. She's been on the program before, and I'm very much looking forward to having her back. Uh, She was a great guest, and, and I'm sure she will be again. It's beyond reality. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. All right, welcome back to the show. It's Beyond Reality. Again, thank you to Paul Preston for sharing all of that with us. Again, his website or the website for his effort is New California State. If you want to get more information and we will bring him back to talk a little bit more about this because it does have national implications. It's it's something that not only uh, is it is it directly a political issue nationally, but it also illustrates what's going on with a lot of frustration in the country. And I know that people say we need to come together, but when one side is being silenced, it's hard to come together. It's hard to come together when you don't feel like your voices, your voice is being heard by the people that are supposed to be listening to you. So. 
this story will continue for sure in one form or another. But we're going to be talking about something completely different, different, something much more cathartic. Our good friend and returning guest, Denise Marie, Psychic Medium, is with us. Denise, welcome back to the program. It's been a while since you've been on. Yes, I think it was May. I was trying. I think to f- it was May last year, yeah. I was trying to figure it out because I couldn't remember if we had been locked down yet or any of that stuff had started. But So if it was May, we were definitely under lockdown at that point. We definitely were. We definitely were. I couldn't remember what you what we talked about, <laughs> but I, I can't remember what I had for breakfast. But um, but yeah, it was it was definitely May. Yeah, we we um we talked about a little bit of everything, if I remember correctly. But I want to I want to get into not only what's going on in the world today, and I don't mean from a political sense. I mean from a psychic and a spiritual sense. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I want to also touch on your angel paintings, because when I visited your website today in preparation for the interview, you know, once again, I took a look at that work you've done. That is really fascinating work. Oh, thank you so, so much. That means a lot to me. Um, I don't remember if we talked about that last time, but just to just to reiterate, if I may, um, I I can't draw or paint. So for me to to paint those angels, my own mother will look at them and say, what happened to you? (laughs) Because I didn't start doing that until I was 43 years old. And it, I can only paint angels. But what happens is, um, I had a visit. I was in a really low point in my life at 40. I'm 49 now. And, uh, I was really depressed from a bad breakup. And, um, I was visited by Archangel Raphael. And he said to me, very, not, nothing cryptic, nothing like, you know, extensive. Just, just take care of your son and everything will be okay. That's all he said. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so then about a month later, I, I wandered into the, the art store and I picked up, um, you know, a, a cradled board and some paint. And I literally looked at the board and how I see spirit, I physically see spirit with my eyes. So as they show up to me, they kind of look like a photo negative. Mm-hmm. So they're black and white. Okay. But they're Any, also animated. You have, so they're black and white oh, and animated. Anytime you have, and, uh, have a, a, a spirit um, visit you, that's what it looks like? That's exactly what it looks like. Okay. And sometimes they'll show me movies. So I focus on the blank wall in my office and they, they show up. I can, so I can tell you what your loved ones look like. I describe them to you. That's how I know who they are because they don't step forward to me saying, hi, I'm, I'm so-and-so's right, dad. Right. They don't say that. I don't know who this person is stepping forward. I can only describe what they look like. And then they're going to give me evidence and symbols that I have a whole library of symbols that I've created with them. But um, as I see them on the wall is how they show me the angels on the blank canvas. So all I do is just paint what I see. And I never know what it's going to look like until it's finished. Well, they're beautiful. Um, Thank and, you so and, much. And, and, and if you had not told me that you don't, well, you've, you you feel like you don't have any artistic ability. I feel the same <laughs> way, but someone else might disagree. I don't know, but I, I feel like I can't draw. But you you honestly say that you don't, yet these gorgeous works of art are created by your hand. Um, when you paint one of those angel figures, are you seeing that angel? I do. I see the outline of her. Okay. So um, I see the outline of her, and then I just start painting. Um, you know, it, it's it's so funny to me because it's almost like I'm in a meditative state. While you're painting. I'm sitting there. Yes. Wow. Yes. And I just get into this zone, and then, like, at the end of it, I, I literally, hand to God, step back from them and go, whoa. Like, I can't believe that I did that. 
You know what I mean? But I, I know it's not really me. I guess they're just using my hands. And, or... and what do you think, from an angel's perspective, is the purpose of that? Why are they channeling this through you to give you the ability to create such uh, beautiful works of art that are in their well, image? Funny enough, every time I put a painting on my Facebook channel or what have you, like as I'm doing it, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll show what I'm doing and I go through the process with my followers uh, start to finish. And I've had so many people say, that looks like my mother. She just passed away. That looks like, I mean, I did a painting once and I had just finished it and I do readings at my home. I have a home office and I opened the door to this woman that I had never met before. I looked at her face and I said, I need to show you something. I took her to the back room and I showed her it was her. It was her. Oh, wow. And she bought the painting. Uh, the woman in Texas that said that looks just like my mother bought the painting. So they belong to somebody. I'm I'm painting them, obviously, but I've sold every painting. I sold seven paintings in 2020. And I, I, I don't I never like to listen them. You know what I mean? I don't really say I don't yeah. really put much out there about, hey, buy my paintings. I feel like the owner is supposed to find them. Do you they belong to somebody, definitely. Do you, do you think that the paintings themselves have some type of spiritual en- energy? Absolutely, absolutely. Because the people who have bought my paintings tell me that they feel so good around them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they just feel so good. You know, they just bring peace. And that energy comes from the angels that you're painting through your body, through your hand, through your brush yeah. onto that canvas. Yes, I know. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Well, not. I think it's amazing. I'm not so sure it's crazy. It's <laughs> I certainly... didn't know because I'm like, wow, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so other than angel paintings and, and um, just, you know, doing your regular work, uh, doing readings for folks, what have you been up to since May? Well, my 15-year-old son is homeschooling. Uh, he's doing all virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been helping him with that, um, which is a pain because school is so different from what I remember it was. <laughs> right, I know. It's yeah. like, oh, my God, like, you got to be a genius. Um, so I've been helping him with that. I have two dogs. And, uh, you know, I take care of my home and I, I do paint a lot. I, I'm re I'm actually, uh, refurbishing some furniture. Uh, you know, that's about as artistic as I can get is that, but, um, and I have been doing a lot of readings, like a lot since, since the pandemic, it's, it's almost like it branched out for me, like all by itself. Now I'm doing readings for people in Alaska, California, Puerto oh, wow. Rico. Well, it's because you know you're on mean? this show. That's why. I mean. It's very That's clear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What is the, um, what is the yeah, general but, what is the general mood of people when they reach out to you now for a reading? Um, are they expressing themselves differently to you, or is is it the same as it's always been? And I guess what I'm getting at here is how has the pandemic affected people? You know, I have noticed a lot more people um, want to talk about love and relationships mm-hmm. and their jobs. So that has been the main focus for most of my readings, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if it's because, you know, I mean, think about it, you know, we're all pretty much quarantined, you know, how's anybody supposed to find love out there? You know what I mean? Or, you know, or if people's jobs are at stake because of, you know, they don't know if it's going to, 
you know, be gone the next moment because it's just not getting any better. So that really has been the main focus. Um, relationships and jobs. Now, do you think the yeah. uh, the relationships thing, I don't quite, I can't quite make the connection to the the pandemic, but jobs, obviously, well, I can. Because you can't, you can't be out there, really. How can you go out on dates? Oh, I see, like, yeah. I don't know how anybody goes out on dates. How, how can you really find love when we're all supposed to, keep social distance. Do you know what I mean? So right. how can you really connect with people? What about, you know, except for on the computer and that's creepy. Yeah. What do you, what do you feel from a, from a psychic standpoint? You know, there's this fabric, there's this spiritual fabric that most people who are psychic say that they, you know, kind of tap into when they do this kind of work. Do you feel any difference? I mean, the world is in a lot of angst right now, not just here, but everywhere. And um, yeah. that's got to be having an effect psychically and, and spiritually. It, it truly does. And it's almost like I've always had to keep all mediums and psychics have to kind of work harder to keep themselves grounded, especially if you're an empath. Um, so you have to keep yourself grounded and, and kind of sane, if you know what I'm saying. And, you know, there's a lot of work involved in that. It's like, um, you know, go out on the grass and walk barefoot or, or, you know, wear a black stone, you know, around your neck and, you know, a black obsidian keeps you grounded and, you know, work with crystals and meditate and take salt baths. And, you know, there, there's like rituals that we do just to keep ourselves kind of grounded and not, you know, off our rockers. But um, it, I have noticed that it, it is, I feel the energy of the world. Mm-hmm. Most of, most of us do. Anybody who's empathic does. It, you feel the energy of the world. It's a very unsettling feeling. You know what I mean? Fortunately for me, I am a hermit. I like to stay home. So um, the pandemic didn't really have anything on, on me as far as that went, but I right. did lose a lot of people, and I myself had COVID. Oh, so, you did? Um, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, it sounds like you've recovered, and that's good. Yes, thank God, thank God. Um, but it's, you know, I, I do feel people's, when I'm reading people, so what happens is even if I'm doing a reading for somebody in Alaska, I put earbuds in just like I have on now, I feel their energy through through the phone. Mm-hmm. It goes through the earbuds, down my shoulders, through my arms, you know what I mean? Like I, I feel them. And I can feel like their angst. I can feel their unsettledness, you know what I mean? And it it. it I feel for these people because it, it's like everybody's just, but when is it going to end? You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I think that 2021 is going to be maybe just a little different than last year was, you know, getting better each month, but yeah. well, it's still going to be masks from here on in. You know, as, as, as gloomy <clears throat> as things look, um, you know, it has to get better. There's no, there's no way that it, you know, I guess there's a way it could get worse, but it really has to get better. Um, and people are starting to figure out ways, and they have for a while now, to live life while uh, being safe and being, you know, respectful and whatever they need to do to for their families. So I think I think we're, you know, we're inevitably going to get to some kind of normalcy here. Whether it's complete normalcy right away, I'm not sure. Um, but, I mean, I can't see it going any other way. We've got to live our lives, right? Right. I mean, you would think we can only go up from here. You know, it's pretty bad, but yeah. I mean, you're right. And people have discovered a new way of, of living and, you know, socializing and stuff. I mean, I, I, I do zoom group readings for families now, like 
like Zoom virtual, you know, group sessions with like 30 people. And, you know, that's new for me because I never did that before. You know, so it's like we you're right. We all find new ways to communicate now. It's like, you know, people are more, you know, techie. <laughs> because yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they had to learn how to use Zoom and, you know, <laughs> Skype and, you know. Yeah, everybody I'm definitely more techie. Now, everybody had sure. a crash course and all that. Let's let's peel back the onion here a little bit. Um, sure. I love the story of how uh, you kind of got started in this. As a kid, you had spirit visitations. Oh yeah, as far as far back as I can remember, I think I was four, and I remember they would shake my bed. They would literally move my bed, like shake it, mm-hmm. um, to get my attention, and. Um, you know, this was even before I, I attended Catholic school, and uh, this was even before I was in Catholic school, but I had a really strong connection to God. Like, I felt like God was my friend. Um, now, remember, I'm four years old. Um, I felt like God was my friend, so I always had, like, a very strong connection. I knew my prayers at an early age, and when they would shake my bed, and then I would look and see them standing at the edge of the bed, like, I would put my head under the covers and say the Our Father, and I was so scared. Yeah, you, you know? didn't know but, what to think. You were, you were oh, a little God. child. Yeah. A, yes, it was very scary. But they never harmed me. They never wanted to harm me. It's just that now, hindsight, now that I'm 49, you know, they weren't trying to harm me. They were trying to get my attention because they knew that I could see them. And spirit doesn't miss. They're opportunists. They don't miss an opportunity to, to get their message across to their loved ones. So if there was somebody that they felt that I could say something to, um, you know, for them, they're going to do that. They do that now. There's, there's never, there's never a coincidence. You know what I mean? Like everything is really orchestrated from them when it comes to readings, you know, it's almost like they find the medium that's supposed to be connected with that client and they do that for the client. You know what I mean? So they find the medium for the client. It, It really has very little to do with us. Um, when you are not making us, when you're not reaching out uh, to to make contact with someone on the other side, as as in the case when you were a child, you weren't asking for those visitations. They no. were coming to you because they knew that you had a sensitivity that they could use as a conduit. When when people are when when these spirit from the other side are coming to you unsolicited, if you will, what are they trying? What are they looking for? Are they are they do they need help? Are they trying to get a desperate message to somebody who's still alive? I mean, what what is their reason for doing that? Well, they don't do that as much now. Like now, like I wouldn't just have a random spirit step forward because mm-hmm. how would I how would I know who they want to talk to? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I said before, it's not like the person steps forward and says, "Hey, I'm so and so's dad." You know what I mean? So they don't communicate like that. It's literally like playing. Char- I'm writing a book. It's called Charades with Ghosts. And oh, that's it. exactly that. what it's like. It's like playing charades with ghosts. So, you know, they're going to give me symbols. They're going to give me initials. Sometimes I'll hear a full name. Sometimes, you know, I'll see a full image. Or Most of the time it's just their face. Um, so a random spirit isn't going to come to me um, unless they already know that I have an appointment with their so-and-so, with their you know, relative, you know what I mean? They may show up a little early and I just tell them, come back when your person is here, you know, because there would be no way for me to connect this random spirit to whoever, because they're not telling me, listen, you need to contact, 
you know, uh, Lisa Jukes, and you need to tell her that you yeah, know, it doesn't right. work like that. Right. <clears throat> so I don't really get random spirits anymore, but when I do wake up in the middle of the night to get up to go pee, I will bump <laughs> into one. <laughs> and that's not exactly the most pleasant thing either, even knowing what I know. And I know that it's still startling. I'm still a human. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm still like, please go. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but they don't really work in time like we do. So mm-hmm. they don't, they don't say, oh, well, it's 11 o'clock and Denise is going to bed now. So let me just let her sleep. You know what I mean? Right. They just show up. They're opportunists. Right. You know? Right. Just, just so you know, uh, some of that may be, may have been too much information. Just, just throwing it out there, <laughs> but it's okay. Do you feel like you have better, do you feel like you have better control now? Is that why they're not as, you know, random or as forceful like when you were a child? Uh, is it because you have better control of it? Oh, 100%. It's literally like a light switch. I mean, there are times where they just kind of show up like, like I said, like, you know, the day before my client comes, I may see somebody, you know what I mean? But then I just, you know, not right now, you know, and, and then they're, they're gone, yeah. you know? So it's yeah. literally like when I sit down with a client, because I don't have it on all day, you know, I would never get anything done. I'd never be able to help my kid with his homework, you know? So I don't have it on all day, but when I sit down and I have my client in front of me, it's like a switch, you know what I mean? And yeah. then spirit just floods in. Right. You know, I've had I've had as many as 10 spirits for one person all lined up waiting to talk. You know, and right. and I could see like it's like it's like you can see like the heads behind the person that's stepping forward. I see head 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 and I can count them. I I'm can I ask so, you an odd question and if you don't want to answer it, we'll just move right on. But I love odd questions. Yeah, I don't know it. if you're going to love this one. Do I hear something <laughs> snoring in the background? That's my dog. <laughs> okay. God, I thought I was crazy for a second. <laughs> that's my English bulldog, Cupid. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. All right. So I am not crazy. Good to know. Um, I, I do want to just ask a, a follow-up question. The When you were in bed as a child and your bed was being shaken by um, visitors, uh, was it a real shake? Like, I mean, yeah. or was it just like a bump or what was it? No, it was a, it was a shake. Wow. It was a real and, shake. And did your mom and your mom knew what was going on, but didn't tell you till later, right? Yeah, because I mean, we lived on the third floor of a you know walk up in a in a house. We lived in a third floor apartment, and we lived on a side street in Newark, New Jersey. There were no trucks going by, and she's like, "Oh, it's just the trucks going by." And I'm like, uh, "Okay." Later on, she told me she was just trying to protect me. You know, she knew what was going on. Um, but I had told my mom for years what was happening. And I think that it really didn't hit her until we went to visit my grandpa, Gene in the hospital. He was sick and he wasn't my biological grandfather. He was my grandmother's second husband. So I had only known him maybe two years and he was in the hospital. My mother and I walk in, my uncle Sammy sitting there, my mom and my uncle Sammy start talking we're Italian, so the kids go to the other side of the room when the adults are talking. So I went to the opposite side of the room where there was an empty bed and there was a couple of chairs, and I sat down by myself, and I kept staring at the empty chair next to me, and my mother was watching me. And she finally said to me, Denise, what are you looking at? So I described the woman from head to toe that was sitting in the empty chair next to me that they could not see, 
my uncle Sammy looked at my mother and he goes, that's Jean's mother. Mm. And now I don't know Jean's mother because he, like you said, he, like I said, he just married my grandma a couple of years before that. So, and his mother had died long before that. So that's how they knew. Wow. Yeah. She actually has an extra ability. Mm. You know what I mean? So at least they knew I wasn't nuts. Right. Tell us about the different types of readings you do, because you work with tarot cards, right? And you do numerology. I mean, you do a whole bunch of stuff. I do. I do. And I just broke into some numerology. So that's new for me this year. It's very exciting. Like, I got really into that last year, which was one of the things I was doing during quarantine. Um, And uh, so I do numerology now, too. But I definitely read tarot. I read angel cards. And, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things where... I was just a medium, you know what I mean? But all mediums are psychic. Um, I don't particularly love the word psychic, Yeah. but all mediums are psychic. Not all psychics are mediums. Um, and so I picked up, you know, somebody gave me them, I think. Somebody gave me a, a Rider weight tarot deck, and I started messing around with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I quickly picked up like how to read them without actually looking at the instruction book. It was almost like I was just reading intuitively. It was sort of like a, a crutch, like a psychic crutch. Like I'm just, you know, focusing on these cards, but all these messages are coming to me and I don't know where they're coming from. You know what I mean? So, and, and that's how I got into reading tarot. And then I was in Salem, uh, Massachusetts, which I've been there like 30 times. And I'm not even into witches or anything. That's not even my shtick. Like, I'm it's just not a, into witches or Wicca place. or anything. Yeah. I'm no. Catholic, it's a- you know. <laughs> but I saw these angel cards, and I was just so drawn to them. And, and now I, I, I do the tarot reading, and I finish off with the angel cards, because they're really a nice guidance for your life path. We all have a life path. We all have a blueprint that we've created before we came to this earth plane. And it kind of helps you along that path a little bit. What's the difference between tarot cards and angel cards? I don't think I know what real I've heard, you know, people talk about angel cards, but I don't I'm not that familiar with them. Honestly, they're just they're pretty self-explanatory. Like the ones I have, they're they're double the size of tarot. Um and tarot, when I do tarot, I do uh your past, your present, and your future, and then I allow my sitter three questions. And then I move on to the angel card. So you really get your questions answered. You get your past, present, future in the tarot. It's very telling, okay? Mm-hmm. But with angel cards, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. It's like you pull the card, and, and it's like I have my sitter shuffle those cards so they get their energy all over those cards. Or if I have them on the phone, I shuffle with their permission, their energy still getting on those cards. And it's like a seven-card spread of the angel cards, and it basically, they're pretty self-explanatory. It basically tells you, do this, don't do this, stay true to this, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's just a life path, kind of, it's a little bit of help, help you know what I mean? Like a little right. push on your life path and what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And also, I have noticed that whenever I do those angel cards to cap off that tarot reading, it almost mimics what I just told you from the tarot cards, it like, it, it almost um, confirms it. It confirms it because a lot of those things that I saw in your tarot cards come up in those seven angel cards. And I'm like, I literally just said this to you and it's coming up again. So remember this, you know what I mean? This is something you're supposed to know. 
You know, like right. it just helps you along your path in life. But sometimes we need guidance. You know what I mean? We just need guidance. Like, we're, I wish I could read myself. I, I would never be in the pickles I'm in <laughs> if I could read myself. We probably need guidance far more than we're willing to admit we need guidance. When, we're, when you're talking with uh, those that have departed, you, you know, using your abilities as a medium, um, are they aware of what's going on? I mean, did they know specifics like the fact we're dealing with a pandemic now? Um, do they know those types of details and do they have, you know, f- comments or feelings about them? Spirit, you mean? Yes. They never really bring that up. You know, they never really, I'm telling you the truth, they never really bring it up. Mm-hmm. It's never been about, it's never really been about what's going on in the world or the current events. It's usually for the individual. So if something's going on, with the individual health-wise, or maybe they just lost somebody from the pandemic, you know, from from COVID, you know, that person will step forward, you Mm -hmm. know, and then I'll learn that they died from COVID just from the spirit. Um, But that's pretty much it. They never really touch on what's going on in the world. Like, I've had people ask me political questions, and I'm like, they never answer those questions for me, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I'm just not political, you know what I mean? I'd rather not go there. So I don't know if spirit is just respecting me or they really don't have any views on it. Yeah. You know, but no, that's, that's a good question because they never really say anything about that unless it's, unless it's meant for the person to hear specific to them. They have never brought up the pandemic. Okay. We have uh, had several guests on the program recently talking about souls, uh, soul mates, We've talked mm-hmm. about um, the fact that our soul doesn't die, and in fact, we live many lifetimes. Uh, oh, do you have any opinions on, on any of those ideas? I have, I have plenty of opinions on that, and that is absolutely correct. Um, we do have more than one soulmate. We have a lot of soulmates. Your soulmate doesn't have to be romantic. Um, you don't have to stay with your soulmate because there'll be another soulmate, and it's, it's almost like a soul contract, okay? So mm-hmm. before we're born... We map out a blueprint with our spirit guide, okay? Now, we have many spirit guides, but there's one that's assigned to us, like, since before we were born. They sit with us. We map out our blueprint. We collaborate with others, our soul family, on the other side, and we say, will you be my mom? Will you be my dad? Will you be my husband? You know, um, will you, you know, you know, get me through this in this point in my life? And we all kind of collaborate with each other on the other side. So, have you ever had a deja vu? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what a deja vu is. A deja vu is your soul remembering putting this in your blueprint. Hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, it's also also a little signpost that you're on the right path. But your soul is remembering putting this in your blueprint because when you have a deja vu, you feel like, wait, I've done this before. Right? Yeah. So, it's just your soul remembering. So, and just so, so you know, when so that those, happens, you're on the right path. So those blueprints, as as our souls and our soul group, I guess, is what it's called, is kind of yeah. mapping out the next lifetime. Um, it, it, if if deja vu is part of that, if if I'm recalling that from in a deja vu incident, then that soul mapping, that mapping session that I'm doing with my soul group gets into a lot of detail, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. And the people who 
are part of your soul group or your soul family or whatever you want to call them, they won't reincarnate before you. They won't reincarnate without you. You know what I mean? So your grandmother is not your sister's new baby. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they wait, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they wait for us. I mean, for the most part, we're talking like, you know, we, we can't go back like generations and generations, but the people in this life that you were close to will wait for you to go around with you again. How deep do those soul That's groups go? Are they, are they hundreds of souls or is it a dozen? Do we know? You know, I really couldn't tell you, but I do feel like it, it could even be like some anybody, like you'll know them. You'll know them by, by how they help you in life. Mm-hmm. And and if they've taught you a lesson in life, you know what I mean? Like I, I had a soulmate, you know, this, this was why I was depressed back when I was 42, 43 years old. He was my soulmate and he broke my heart and he shattered me. So he was my soulmate. But if it weren't for him, I would not be who I am today because he had to break me down to become the person I was supposed to be. That was our contract. We signed up for that. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But he came in, he did his job, and then he exited. And I was happier and he was happier, but not in the moment. When that was happening, it wasn't a happy time. But now I know. Now I can actually look back and say, he was one of my soulmates. He He helped me get to where I am. And you can obviously, you know I mean? yeah, and you can obviously recognize that now. You didn't at the time. What about right. other people who maybe it's not such a, a, a dramatic um, a impact on your life or an immediate impact? It's more gradual over time. How do other people recognize someone who might be a quote unquote soulmate or even part of their soul group? Well, like I said, okay, connection. So um, you ever meet somebody and you just feel like you know them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I just feel like I know you. It's so easy to talk to you. We have such an instant connection. Right. You know what I mean? Connection, energy, the energy that you're feeling off of that person. You you know, you feel like good around them. You feel like you want to be around them, even if it's not like a love thing. You know, it could just be like, you know, oh, he feels like my brother. You know what I mean? He might have been your brother in another life. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's, you know, we all have to listen to that little intuition, that little voice it kind of hits you, hits you in the solar plexus. You know what I mean? Like, right. I just I just feel like I know you. I feel like I can tell you anything. I feel like I can talk to you. You know what I mean? Even if they're in and out of your life, they could be part of your soul contract. They could be a soulmate. You know? Maybe in another lifetime, it was more extensive. Maybe in this lifetime, it was just a quick, you know, like a quick thing. But, yeah, that's how you recognize people, by the feeling, by the connection that you have with them. Do you have any uh, recommendations for people to stay, um, I, I think it would be spiritually healthy or psychically healthy, if that's a thing? Sure, absolutely. Honestly, salt baths are my number one go-to because salt uh, clears negative energy. So, uh, you know, take a salt bath, um, you know, and it's like as that water is going down the drain, you know, all that negativity is going down the drain as well. I also sage 
You know, I use, uh, mm-hmm. you know, white sage. I use Palo Santo, you know, to sage and cleanse, you know, get into the corners of your house, open up the windows, you know, let all that negativity <clears throat> go out the window. You know, say something as you're doing it. All negativity, leave this house, please. You know, anything you want to say, you can say. You could say a prayer. You could do whatever you want. Just just get it out. Have the windows open. Get into the corners of the houses. Um, I do a lot of home cleansings and personal cleansings on people. Um, sage yourself. Sage your phone. Sage your car. Sage your dog. Sage your kids. You know what I mean? Anything, like if you have a picture of somebody that's aggravating you, sage their picture. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I think sage just clears out all negative energy. Also, raw selenite. Keep some raw selenite in your pocket. Selenite is nothing but salt. You know, it's hardened salt. Right. You, can't, you can't ever get it wet, so there's no need to cleanse it either. You know, just keep it in your pocket. Keep it on your desk. If You, you know, if you have people at work that annoy you, keep it on your desk. It, it, it draws out their negativity because it goes into the selenite. It's almost like a static thing. I have a selenite wand that I, like, roll over, like, you know, the, you know, the outer area of myself or my clients. And it literally, I can feel like it's almost like static electricity sticking to the to the wand of the selenite. And then I feel so much better. I feel clear. Meditation. You know, most people think, oh, I don't have time to meditate. It doesn't take 30 minutes or an hour. You can literally meditate 10 minutes twice a week. And you'd be better off than, than if you didn't. Mm. You know, because it puts you in it puts you in a more um, calmer state, like you don't react so quick anymore. You know what I mean? You yeah. you don't, you're not so quick to, you know, be combative. It's just, you know, just helps meditate. Right. It right. keeps you grounded. Um, black tourmaline. <clears throat> I wear one around my neck. Black tourmaline keeps you grounded, you know? Um, you know, those things are, are extremely helpful. You know, also drink a lot of water, you know? clears your chakras, you know, get, you know, just go to the chiropractor, go do yoga or something, you know, be creative, create something. You know what I mean? Um, You know, all those things help you keep spiritually cleansed. You know what I mean? You know, try not to talk negative about yourself. Try not to talk negative about other people, you know, do good, do good and good will come back to you. I do believe in the law of karma. Tell me about truths. Truth of uh, is it truth or legends or truth of legends? What's oh truth or legends? Yeah. Almost forgot. Yeah, um, we don't even know when it's coming out yet because COVID. So it was supposed to come out last October. Um, I think it was supposed to be on um, one of those channels. Uh, Amazon was it Amazon Prime? It might have been on Amazon Prime, and then I thought A and E might be buying it, but mm-hmm. there, there was a lot. There was never anything you know, solid. But um, I keep in touch with the producer, and he's like, now we're looking at February or March. Because of COVID, everything got pushed back. Um, But we recorded at the S.K. Pierce Mansion in Massachusetts. And funny story, really quick. So my cousin Glenn um, and and his partner Joe, they're paranormal investigators. So um, they live in Massachusetts. They, They wanted me to come along and do the show and be the medium on the show and, and whatever. So I go there and I put it in my GPS. They know to tell me nothing because I know nothing before my readings. I know nothing going in. I just work better just with a clear head and I don't know a thing. So I've never been to this place. I never heard of this place. We got there 
um, following, you know, the woman who kind of, you know, she runs the tours. She's like the tour guide, Mary, and she's great. And there's a camera crew behind me and her, and I'm bringing through all these spirits in every room, on every floor of this huge, beautiful Victorian mansion. And every soul that I brought through, she validated who they were. This was so-and-so. He lived here, blah, blah, blah. This was his wife, you know. So I had no idea who these people were. I was just describing what they looked like. And she was like, yes, that's so-and-so. So everything I said, she validated. As a matter of fact, they were calling us downstairs for pizza. And I was like, oh, pizza. So we're going downstairs. I, I walked past the bathroom. I literally had to stop what I was doing. I leaned up against the wall, and she's like, what's the matter? I said, I don't feel right. She goes, what do you feel like? I says, it feels like literally the blood is draining out of me. Like I can feel it leaving me through my hands. Okay. Mm-hmm. She said, you just walked past that bathroom in that bathtub. It was one of those claw feet bathtubs. She said, a woman slit her wrists and bled out in that bathtub. Oh, wow. So I was feeling that. Um, and uh, so we get back to the hotel after we were, we were doing that for like eight hours straight, get back to the hotel and I Google the SK Pierce mansion and it comes up as the second most haunted place in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. And I was like, haunted? I'm like, these were the loveliest spirits I ever encountered. (laughs) They were lovely. I was like, they were so nice and and forthcoming and giving, and they gave me so much information. And I was like, see, people think they're being haunted. It's it's really just your sweet old grandmother hanging out in the laundry room with you in the basement. You know what I mean? So people get scared, but really, they're not being haunted. I don't really believe in that. I mean, I'm sure there's some entities that are not great, but I've, knock on wood, never encountered them. Yeah. Where in Massachusetts is this? Uh, it's in, oh God, I can't, if you look it up, S.K. Pierce in Massachusetts, and I can't S- remember the S- name K. of the S.K. Pierce town. Mansion, is that what you said? S-K, yeah, S.K. S-K. Yeah. Okay. Pierce Mansion. I can't remember the name of the town. Yeah, we had some people in chat asking, but they can look it up. S.K. Pierce yeah, Mansion. Yeah, sorry. That's I'm, okay. I'm, oh. Like right. After midnight, my memory shot. But yes, it was pretty cool. And you can go see it, and you can go tour it. It's beautiful. We are out of time. Your website is halo-readings.com, right? Still the same one? Yes, it uh, sure is. Can people book yep. uh, book sessions with you through the website? Yeah, they just go to the Book of Reading tab on that and, you know, just uh, pick a date, pick a time. And, you know, it'll bring you to my calendar, and you can choose in person. You can choose over the phone. Readings are exactly the same over the phone as they are in person. Um, And I also have a YouTube channel, which is Psychic Medium Denise Marie. Awesome. And, And Facebook and Instagram, all the same. Well, Facebook is Halo Readings, and Instagram is Psychic Medium Denise Marie. Terrific. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. And your your guests are awesome. I was reading some of their comments. They're great. Thank you. And we appreciate you coming back. Look forward to having you here again sometime. We won't wait. How many months? Let's see. Like, this is like 10 <laughs> months or something. We won't wait so long next time. But uh, good luck with everything, Denise. Great to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, 
contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.